Thank you. <laughs> you were you were sensational. I mean, you know, I I told you that if you stuck to it, you would be great, and and you know, you you were sensational. Yeah, well, Alvy, I mean, they were just terrific audience. I mean, you know, it makes it really easy for me because I can be. Huh? Excuse me. Oh. Hi, I'm I'm Tony Lacey. Well, hi. Uh, we just wanted to stop by and say that we really enjoyed your set. It's, oh, yeah, really. I oh. Thought it was very musical. And oh, I nice. liked it a lot. Oh, that's really nice. Gosh, thanks a lot. Are you, are you recording? Uh, do, are you with any label now? Me? <laughs> no. No, no, not at all. Oh, well, I'd like to talk to you about that sometime if you get a chance. And oh, well, Possibly gosh. working together. Well, hey, that's, that's nice. Uh, oh, listen, this is uh, Alvy Singer. Do you know Alvy? Uh, no, I don't, uh, I don't know, but I know you work on a big yeah. fan of yours. Thank you very much. This is uh, Sean and uh, Bob hi, and, hi, Sean. Bob and Petronia. Hi, hi, Bob. <laughs> um, we're, we're going back to the pier. We're staying yeah. at the pier, and we're going to meet Jack and Angelica and have a drink there. And if you'd like to come, we'd love to have you. And we can just sit and talk, nothing. Uh, not a big deal. It's just relax, just be very mellow. Mm. Remember we had that thing? What thing? Don't you remember we we discussed that thing that we were thing? Yes, we had it. Oh, the thing. Oh, the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, if it's inconvenient and if you can't do it now, that's that's fine too. We'll do it another time. Ooh. Maybe if you're on the coast, we'll get together and and we'll meet here. Oh. It was a wonderful set. Oh gosh. I really enjoyed it. Nice to meet you. Nightfly Podcast. I am Dave Juskow, your host for our Tuesday, June 29th, end of June 2021 podcast. Going into July. <laughs> Funny every time, no? Eh, not so much. Hello, I just want to say uh, thank you uh, again to all of our Patreon subscribers. I really do appreciate that very much. Uh, sometimes, maybe, perhaps, I don't say it often enough, which is uh, unacceptable. And I just uh, wanted to open the show saying that, and I appreciate you. But anyway, hope everybody's doing great. It's a uh, beautiful day in New York City. Uh, you know, just always talking about the weather-wise first. It's kind of, uh, I guess I do that because I saw it in the movie 1776, which everybody knows is my favorite musical ever, and... Uh, Thomas Jefferson would always give the weather report. You can't even say Thomas Jefferson's your hero anymore. God damn it, I hate living in this world. Oh, people are just horrible. Can we just stop and just realize that we all suck and, and move on from here? Why don't we start 2022 just be like, well, what are you going to do? All that shit happened, but let's, let's try and make sure it never happens again. We'll start from 2022. Anything bad that happens, we'll acknowledge right away, and then we won't think about it 50 years from now. And say, like, you know, we should have really punished that asshole. I don't know. It's just a thought. I don't know what else to do. Anyway, hi, everybody. I hope everybody's doing well, as usual. I uh, don't see why anybody wouldn't be at this point, although I do seem to have a lot of sickly friends lately. I don't know why. Oh, yes, of course I know why. I forgot. We're old. Oh, my gosh. Sometimes I forget. Jesus Christ. I'm almost 75. Oh, for goodness sakes. Looking forward to that day. That'll be great, because you know I'll be doing the exact same thing I'm doing now, which is really the saddest of all things. Let's just make sure I'm, again, recording. Yep, again, 
and just like say it. Don't want to miss any of this podcast gold. <laughs> oh God, you know I could just restart the whole thing over because really, what what have we even talked about for the first three minutes? Nothing. Well, I will tell you, I had a very strange week that ran the gamut from wanting to kill myself to, hey, what a great time we live in. I mean, really, back and forth all week. I don't know what's happening. I'm very confused. You know, I don't have a lot going on. So when I have things to look forward to, you know, then I feel a little bit more confident. Like I knew I was going to Boston with Rachel. That's a good thing, you know, and I don't have any gigs coming up. I mean, except... For this Thursday, this is coming out on Tuesday, so this Thursday, July 1st, I will be at the West Side Comedy Club. But I'm already annoyed at this because, again, I really probably shouldn't be putting shows together because I get very angry when people cancel. It depends on who they are and what their excuse is and how far in advance they they do it. And there's this woman, Chanel Ali, who I met up in Boston, asked to do the show, was feeling uncomfortable since we were Instagramming. I gave her my number and she seemed really nice. And she's like, I'll put it in my book right away. I'll promote the hell of it. She's very nice. And then, if, you know, I say, oh, you're going to go on at 810. And she goes, well, I just looked at Google Maps and where you're located, where your club is. I don't think I can make it till 820. And I said, well, what is that? I mean, well, I could put you on at 730. Is that because she goes, no, my show before that doesn't. I'm like, I told you a month ago, the show started at seven. Did you double book? then never heard from her again you know that's the kind of relationship uh you know that's what some of these people do they don't care about you they don't care about um your show they only care about themselves and that's a problem that i have because i'm not that way you know when i have a show i usually come at the beginning and stay till the end which i know you you shouldn't do if you're a successful comic you get to your spot and then you move on to your next spot i know that's the way it works it's just uh that's why maybe this isn't for me. But then you have to ask, what is for me? Because I'm just angry all the time when things don't work out. But yeah, I probably shouldn't do this because people cancel and they break your heart all the time. And you're not supposed to take it personally. But that's the kind of person I am. I take it completely personally. I put on a show with people I love. Because let me tell you about this Thursday show. Without this new girl who I was trying out and... You know, just because I, I liked her. I mean, she does happen to be black, but it was, a you know, perfect if we're going for this diverse thing. And my other uh, people on the show are like my best pals. Nick Griffin, Joe Mackey, right there. That's a great show. Then Olga and Elon, right? So it's like all my favorite peeps are on the show and the one anomaly, you know, let me down. So what are you supposed to do? You know, I guess the other people know, like Rachel, they know. Well, you better not cancel on Just Guy. He really gets angry about it because I, well, why wouldn't I though? But I mean, it, I do take it personally. I mean, that's, that's why I liked putting shows on because I like, you know, having my friends and having a reason to hang out and putting stuff like that together. I don't know. I mean, I knew, I knew this girl was going to be trouble, I guess. And then after I, I asked her to do it before I saw her act. And then I saw her act and it was terrific. This Chanel Ali. And, you know, then after we talked after the show, we had a couple of drinks, and I, I think you know she's you know auditioning for Saturday Night Live. She's doing all this stuff. She's she's in a, a a place where she might take off at any minute. So I guess uh, to me, I'm small potatoes. And of course, as you know, that makes me just feel like a bucket of shit all the time, no matter where I am, no matter what I'm doing. That you know, when I book the uh, Comedy Cellar show and people are let's say disrespectful in a way i mean i don't want to say it like that way i know they say like oh we're doing just gal show you know it's always just been that way where but it's funny because then when i was doing when i think about when i was doing like the godfather readings and goodfellas and all that stuff they're like hey we're doing just gal show so i guess it depends on the show you're doing i don't know i can't figure it out but it it really just wants to make me just go away i don't know what i'm doing like this week I was just hanging around, you know, like I didn't have anything to do Monday, Wednesday, or Friday. So, you know, I'm like, well, I'll get some work done. I mean, did I get some work done? I guess I got some work done. Well, what work am I doing? Not that I'm making any money. And then I just sit there. I'm like, well, now what do I do? I, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what my future holds, which is an embarrassment when you're going to be 70. I know, but still, it's funny to say. I just took a sip of coffee. I wasn't making a dramatic pause. Or or was I? I am a showman after all. 
So, I don't know. I mean, I know it'll all work out, and it always does, but uh, just trying to figure it all out. I assume the uh, unemployment stops shortly, and then we'll have to figure that out. And, you know, I'm going to have to get a job, like a, like a, like a, like a job at like a, like a Starbucks, I guess. Oh, that's just the jobs that I never minded having my entire life. Uh, those kind of jobs, you know, since I've been 15, it never bothered me to have jobs like that. But I guess after I left the firm, I was just like, geez, I hope I never have to have a job like that. And you just assume at this age, you're like, you know, you don't want to end up like that. I mean, you just don't. And it's just so weird. Like, you know, the life I lead, it's so strange. When I was working at the firm, I was opening for Sarah Silverman as well on the weekends. I mean, that's just weird. That's just not normal. So, you know, you have these glimpses of fun and greatness and what your life could be and then you go back to reality but that's everybody i think anyway all that uh nonsense talk i mean i have some other, you know what maybe we should uh keep on the sadness of the uh of reality for a second before i move on i'll tell you what i did on saturday last saturday after we finished this podcast i told you sarah silverman was in town and you know, like in my favorite year when she's in town, I drop everything and I, I, I make sure I make some time for her. Because I'll tell you, last night, you know, which I'm recording this on Saturday, it comes out on Tuesday. Last night of Friday happened again. At 7 o'clock, I'm like, all right, I'm going to have dinner. That's the end of the night. And then I get calls from two fucking people. What are you doing tonight? At 8 o'clock. And I know, I'm just like, wait, I, I've been home all day with nothing to do. I knew my Friday was free on Monday. But you, this guy comes in from Massachusetts that I saw on the show. He goes, hey, I'm, I'm, me and my daughter, we're going to dinner. Why don't you join us? I'm like, thanks for calling me at 8 o'clock at night when I just ate dinner. It was I just ordered. And then this girl, Danny, from, she's like the, she came with Sarah to do her makeup and costumes for the movie she's working on. She's like, hey, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, shut up. It's, it's, it's driving me crazy. I keep getting these Friday night calls. And, and then, you know, if I like planned, I'm like, I know somebody's going to call me next Friday. I'll just sit there with my jacket and tie on ready to leave like, like a crazy person. And then, you know, nobody's going to text on that the Friday that I'm like expecting it. It was just really getting on my nerves, you know, because at this point to get out of the house, I need to know well in advance. So tonight... Again, recording on Saturday, I'm going to that awesome restaurant in Staten Island. I haven't been in two years that my friends own. I've talked about it multiple times. Cucina Fresca. It's unbelievable. I am very excited to go there. I'm going there with Outside Steve and our friends Alina and John. I'm very, very excited about it. And that's all I've been looking forward to all week. I planned it a week in advance. I, and I, you know, just that's all I've been looking for. Well, at least I know I'm going out Saturday. <laughs> I mean, it's just for dinner. But I don't know. You know, I've been waiting to go. They're like, when are you coming? When are you coming? And, and I felt bad, like, kind of abandoning them during COVID. But you know, they do, you know, live in Staten Island, which is not easy to get to. But you know I love that restaurant. So I'm very excited about that. So, of course, I didn't want to go out on Friday or spend a lot of money because I knew I was going out Saturday. But anyway, last Saturday when I finished the podcast i went out with sarah i met her i took the motorcycle down to i'm just calling it a motorcycle uh down to washington square park and we met one of her old friends that we both know very well in the park and we just hung out there for a little bit it was a very nice day it wasn't as hot as i thought it was going to be it was a nice breeze and you know we hung out a little bit then we got a little high and then we went for lunch or, you know, an early dinner, like five o'clock, maybe, maybe it was even less. I don't remember. And we went to that place, Bubby's, which I thought closed during COVID, but apparently it didn't. And then I had, uh, I don't know, something really, oh, I think it was like fried chicken on a, on a bun. What was it? I don't, on a biscuit. That's what it was. It was good. It was small too. So it wasn't, you know, overwhelming. And that was really fun. And then we just hung out at our hotel for a little bit and just laughed. It was a great day. And then I um, went on my way. And I'm walking home. And I'm like, really, am I going to walk again? Because I've pretty much walked about eight miles at that point because we were walking around, maybe five miles. And I'm like, can I walk all the way home? I think I could. But I started texting all the people I knew on the way in case they wanted to get a cup of coffee or something. So I called my friend Vincent. I called my friend, you know, Olga. And I was like, I'm in your neighborhood. And then I called this girl who's very young, and I said, you know, I'm in your neighborhood, 
you know, if you want to get a cup of coffee. And she came out. Apparently, she just moved to the neighborhood. And she came out. I was already on my way. And she goes, no, no, let's hang out. And uh, I'm like, all right, I'll walk back. And then we just walked around. I'm like, well, do you know of any coffee places? She goes, I just moved into the neighborhood. So we're just walking around like idiots. And I'm like, I'm kind of done with this today. And we got high again. Now, that was a huge mistake. I didn't want to get high, but I think I was trying to look cool. Oh, yeah, I love getting high. <laughs> I really didn't want to get high again. And this time I got really high. You know, like, just, you know, it was too much. It was two puffs, but I was coughing and it just, ugh. So then I was like out of it. And then it was going to start to rain. So I said, well, you know what? Let me, I'll walk you home and then I'll take the bike home. You know, because I'm still thinking to myself, I can't, I'm not taking a cab and I'm not taking the subway. I'm trying to keep my streak going. I'm like, I'm just going to have to ride or walk home in the rain. It's no big deal. I wasn't dressed great or anything. So it's no big deal. But that's the plan. And she's like, uh, well, maybe you should get on the Revel now. And I'm like, no, no, I'll walk you home first. It's, it's my pleasure to do. You came out to see me. And she's like, no, no, maybe you should catch the Revel. And I'm like, what are you, what are you, you don't want me to walk you? What are you afraid to, for me to see where you live? I think that's what it came down to, right? And then it got really awkward. And I'm like, well, you know what, then? I'll just drop you off here then. And then and, and we say goodbye. And I felt like a bucket of shit. I think, you know, I guess she's coming from, I don't know, some other planet where, you know, gentlemen used to walk. I'm not trying to go upstairs and see, uh, you know, go. I, I was just really just I, I was I felt like so awful. Like I was like, this this is horrible. It's, you know, nobody wants to feel like a creep no matter how old you are or whatever. But I, maybe it was like that Seinfeld thing with the manure. Maybe I must have said something that that must have triggered some sort of other reaction or something. But I was I was mortified. And then I was just trying to get home, right? And I'm like, you know what? I'm too high to ride this thing. I'm too, that's the one thing I can't do. I could drive it drunk, not high. So I just kept walking east. And I'm like, I just, I got to get home until I feel more comfortable. And then finally, like I had to make sure one of those scooters was not near any, I didn't want people to watch me put my stuff on and stuff. I was paranoid. And then I finally got on one. And I was just like concentrating so hard. And I'm like, this is so dangerous, but I got to get home. And I refused to take a taxi or a subway like an idiot, where I probably just should at this point. But I really hate taxis. And I'm glad that maybe they're going out of business because they've just been horrible, horrible people. I don't mind Ubers, but taxi drivers, I don't feel bad for them in the least. They've been horrible since day one. They remember in the 80s and 90s when they just always 4.30 put their off-duty signs on. Oh, we're not on biz- we're not in business. Unless they feel like then they would say, where are you going? Maybe I'll pick you up. Fuck you. You drove yourself out of business literally and figuratively. You suck. And that's why people hate cabs. And that's why Uber's kicking ass. And that's why who's bringing it? Is Uber bringing an electric or somebody else is bringing an electric? Tesla, I think, is bringing an electric taxis or something like that. Because... Everybody hates regular taxis and the drivers, and they're awful. And the way they've uh, been treating us as uh, patrons of New York City has been, you know, where you deserve to just go away. Oh, those off-duty lights back in the... I don't think... I feel like they don't do that anymore, that it's easier to catch a cab during rush hour, but it didn't used to. They all had their off-duty lights on when they needed the cab the most. And then, of course, they'd always sit around and wait for you while you're kissing a girl on the street at four in the morning... Oh, then they'd always sit around and just wait. Oh, my God, I hate taxis. So I think that's half the reason, too. So good riddance if they're leaving and if they're dying out, a horrible breed of people. But, uh, yeah, so I finally made it home, and I was just so miserable, so miserable. And it just, uh, you know, so it was just a bad night, and I'm just like, this is a horrible day. But then the next day, the sun was shining, and... Like in Crimes and Misdemeanors, everything was kind of forgiven, and I felt a lot better. Not much better, but uh, a lot better, but I just hung out again. I never left the house, which is not cool. You know, you got to get out, take a walk, something, but I've been like at home if I have nowhere to go. It's very rare when I leave. Uh, It's tough. I've got to break that 
cycle. Even during COVID, I was like making sure I was taking a walk every day. But you know what happened is the walk I would take along the FDR drive, they blocked off this one section. And I think that changed my whole pattern. I'm like, I had a walk that I was taking every day. And now that's because it's blocked for construction, I have nowhere to walk anymore. I'm obviously really getting to hate it here. On Monday, I had a, a pleasant uh, a pleasant enough evening, I guess. I went out Monday, you know, because I guess I knew I was also going out Monday, so I didn't care so much about Sunday. And I met our friend Susie Felber at this place called The Spaniard down in the village, and it was perfect because I was definitely going to the cellar to support Colin, and I was meeting some friends from my old office, one of the attorneys and her fiancé, who I kept in touch with and like very much. And I said, come to see the live music at the cellar. So I met Susie first, and she goes, hey, uh, I'm buying everybody drinks tonight. I'm like, well, I'll be there. I wasn't sure if I could, but she said it last minute. So normally I wouldn't have gone, except I was already, I'm like, you know what? That works out perfect. I was already going to be down there anyway. So perfect timing. And it was great to see her. We saw some old friends from the Triple In from the 90s. Pappy O'Brien. Rob Paravoni and these people I haven't seen in a really long time. Me and that guy, Rob Paravoni, used to sing. That thing you do at Catch a Rising Star in the 90s, it was great. It was really nice to see everybody, and she paid for the drinks, and my friends met me there, and we hung out. And then by then, I was pretty drunk. I had three vodka sodas, and, you know, three seems to be my limit now. So I was pretty drunk, and then we went to the cellar, and we had a great time. We watched the band. I got more drunk, and apparently everybody knew I was drunk this time, which isn't great. (laughs) But I was having a good time. And then I waited for a tell to get off stage because, you know, he doesn't like when I leave. So I waited. They were closing. And I'm like, well, I'm just waiting for a tell. He won't, he won't get off stage. So then we could have our late night talk. Oh, and then so then he drove me home, which was nice. And then, of course, the door was locked in the building again. Like, be back in five minutes. And I'm like, oh, fuck this. Remember last time it was just midnight. This time it's three in the morning. I'm like, you know what? Fuck you. So I broke the door, as I usually do. Walked right in. Didn't give it a second thought because I was really loaded and passed out. It was a great night, though. And the next morning, when I was just completely hungover and trying to put the show together for Tuesday night, um, I got a call from downstairs and they're like, the super would like to see you. And I'm like, oh, I, I, I didn't even remember <laughs> about the door. And I'm like, oh, my God, I wonder what's up. Oh, my God, this is about the rent. This is it. And he came up because you owe me some money. And I'm like, I do because of the refrigerator. He's like, no, you broke my door again. And I'm like, oh, my God, I forgot about that. Because now that I think about it, when I pulled it open, I could hear that I pulled it open like Herman Munster. And the door went flying. (laughs) I just like ran in. And so they I guess they saw the tapes, but I just couldn't take it. I'm like, well, give me a goddamn key. He's like, if I give you a key, everybody will want a key. I'm like, so what? It's, I, I thought it was 24-hour service. He goes, you know what you do next time? Call and make sure they're here. And I'm like, I got to call ahead? What the fuck is this? And there's nothing I can do. I can't complain. I'm not paying any rent, so I can't complain about anything. But it's so ridiculous. But the, la- the other doorman, you know, used to call me. And we had a relationship for 20 years. And he would text me. He goes, I'm going to the bathroom. Are you coming soon? And I'm like, oh, no, no you'll, you'll be good for another hour. So now I got to remember to call ahead and see if this idiot is going to be there. Oh, man, that seems so uncool. It's so frustrating. I don't know why I get so annoyed. My friend Danny, one of the guys downstairs, he goes, hey, if you sit outside, wait exactly five minutes, and if, five minute, and if it's after five minutes, then do your thing with the door. It just really pissed me off, obviously, but it was funny, and the super doesn't care that much. He, I think he understands. It's just... Three in the morning, I kind of get, but the noon, the midnight thing, that was ridiculous. But, you know, I was drunk. It was the end of the night. I just wanted to go inside. (sighs) It's so frustrating. I'm sure you can imagine. You know how I struggle to just get home at the end of the night, whether I'm parking my car at the garage and then still walking. So it's like by the time I get home, I'm like, oh, boy, it's really great to be home. And then you can't get it would be like the equivalent of everybody just sitting at their front door for five minutes before they walked in, but not because you're trying to cool for a while. You just aren't allowed in for five minutes. 
it's it's the worst five minutes when you're home. You just want to be home. I know I've already explained this already. I don't know whether any of this is interesting. But speaking of the Tuesday show, let me tell you that uh, Greg Fitzsimmons is on this week. He almost canceled, but uh, I convinced him otherwise. And Rachel Feinstein are uh, so far recording on Saturday on the show this evening. I mean, that should be a fun show. Last week was great. Dave Landau and Jamie LaBella. She's so cute. So the two of them were on, and I think we did a great show. No Colin, but the show was fun. I think we went like an hour. We are just having a good time. Everything was mellow. I played me singing Party All the Time by uh, Eddie Murphy. Which, you know, when I did it my birthday a couple of years ago, so I played that instead of Colin's song, which I, you know, I thought was funny. I think people liked it. I don't see how you couldn't like it. It's hilarious. And uh, anyway, this week, Greg Fitzsimmons, Rachel Feinstein, and next week we have, uh, I think his name is Paul Lauren. It's one of Colin's musician friends, and then I don't have anybody scheduled as of yet if I'm going to continue to do this show. And on the Billy Joel podcast this week, we have, uh, oh, the two real classics. Boy, I don't even know how we're going to stay in business. Close to the borderline. Whatever that is, I think it's off Glass Houses, it stinks. And Code of Silence off the Bridge album, which is uh, the one with Cindy Lauper, which also stinks. But it allows us to have Sarah Silverman, I believe, next week as our guest talking about how her and I sang Code of Silence at Ye Old Triple N, Susie Felber's wonderful establishment and thank god Susie felber who you know in the show is like thank god she's forgiven me for the horrible things i said which i you know took a lot of explanation and now we're back we're best friends again which is the way it should be close to the borderline and code of silence that is not a way to start off a show i'll tell you with this billy joel a to z thing boy we are in trouble but i will say i am very much looking forward to talking about easy money which elon and i are recording soon very excited because I'm pretty much just going to do the movie. I'm just going to keep talking about the movie and playing clips from the movie. I really could do an hour and a half podcast on the song Easy Money just so I can talk about the movie Easy Money. Very much looking forward to that. I don't even know where to begin. I really should just do a whole podcast on the movie Easy Money, which maybe I'll just do. I might have to do that like next or the week that that comes out. We're just going to have to talk about the greatness of Easy Money and go over every line, line by line and the greatness of Riding Dangerfield because it's not the greatest movie, but it doesn't matter because it's just it's Riding Dangerfield and Joe Pesci. Please. Hey, Nikki. Oh, we'll go to Lucky's. It's open late. Hey, hey, I'll tell you. Oh, I like to. I like birthday cake. No, that's Joe Pesci part. Why'd you get out of here, you half a slip? Damn it. Why'd you get out of here, you half a sissy, before I give you a slap? I know what you're doing. Oh, my mother-in-law, I'll tell you. Oh, for years, I wouldn't kiss her on the mouth. I wind up kissing her ass. You can expect that bit and that song every two seconds. <laughs> so I think people who are just like, I thought this was a Billy Joel pocket. I'm like, yeah, it's not. It's all about me and Rodney. Now, that all being said, let's uh, move on a little bit to where, why did I play Paul Simon and Annie Hall up front, I'm going to tell you why. I am sitting there Sunday watching the Dick Van Dyke show, which, as you know, uh, somebody used in their OJ testimony back in the 90s. Well, how do you know the time? He goes, I know the time because I was watching the Dick Van Dyke show. And I know this because I was working with the writer of that show during that time. So he was very excited that the Dick Van Dyke show was mentioned during the OJ trial. Who isn't? Taking a sip. So I'm watching this show, and I'm watching this episode. I, may, I guess I saw because I recognized one of the songs, but I, I hadn't seen it in a long time. And they go to this hotel for like a vacation with Buddy, Sally, Rob, Laura, Mel. Ugh, that guy sucks. 
and they're going up to this place, and this they're going to see this uh, the comic that, that I guess Rob knows called Jackie something or other, but it's this comic Lenny Weinrib, you know, from the sixties, and. Lenny Weinrib was doing. It was weird. It was like a showcase. They, the guy that worked at the desk, was apparently one of Rob's like partners or something. He's big fat guy, like Bob Greenberg. And they were like, "Oh, remember we used to do our Laurel and Hardy?" And you know, whatever. Jackie breaks his tennis elbow in a, a tennis game, and they all have to perform. You know, it's the classic story where, well, I guess we can get Buddy and Sally, and Laura and I will do a number, and you know, they all get to perform. And listen, that's what made the show great. And any other show. It would have been like, what, are you kidding me? But this, oh, watching that Dick Van Dyke. You know, you're watching Dick Van Dyke and Mary Tyler Moore, and they're doing nothing would be finer than to be in Carolina, right? Who cares? But watching this guy, he's so cool. Mary Tyler Moore is a professional dancer. That was her thing. You know, back in the day, she was a professional dancer. Dick Van Dyke is not. And every time he just shows up, whoever he's with, because he just... It's watching him move. It's it's unbelievable how smooth and cool he is, and his voice is perfect. You really just get into it, like when you watch them perform. The two of them, they're so good together. No wonder the show was so successful. It's just it just puts a smile on your face, like a like an old you know fifties musical or something. So, but then he does this horrible Laurel and Hardy thing that goes on for fifteen minutes. So you can't recommend the episode. It is awful oh i guess back then it was exciting but oh my god it goes on forever but this guy lenny wine ribs on and he's doing all these imitations he's doing uh you know ones you we don't know who the hell they are but when he's doing jfk oh yeah and, and you know the crowd is laughing and everybody's laughing and the weird part is it's march of 1963 i made sure i looked at the date March of 1963, everybody's dying laughing over the JFK imitation. It's just so weird. Only a few months later, that would be the worst imitation you could do. But this guy, Lenny Weinrib, turns out that he went on to do this. We can't wait any longer, Jimmy. We must get you and Freddie off this island immediately. I wonder why the witch was mad at us. We didn't even do anything. The witch wants him. I won't give up Freddy, not even if it means my life. No more talk. Action is what's called for. We must get to Dr. Blinkies and see if he can help us. Hurry, Jimmy, hurry. That's right. The guy from the Dick Van Dyke show was the voice of H.R. Puffin stuff. (laughs) And so many other things. So many cartoon voiceovers. You would absolutely know it a hundred times, but I just never realized it was that guy. I mean, it's like he was, he was doing, I, I wonder if he's still alive. I don't know, but he was doing, um, you know, that guy. He was doing like everything, every cartoon we ever saw in the 70s. Hi there, time for Timer, your roving reporter. I'm talking to you from inside a fantastic factory, your digestive system. You know what we build here? You, not out of wood or metal, but out of food. You see, you are what you eat from your head down to your feet. Things like meat and eggs and fish, you need to build up muscle tissue. Uh Uh-oh. Hello, appetite control, more protein. We need energy. Playing tennis today, you know. Whoops. All these motors in your body need a lot of fuel to go on, like carbohydrates, fats and proteins, vitamins, and so on. What's left over forms the building blocks you need, indeed, to grow on. Yes, you are what you swallow, so that next time you feel hollow, don't just fill your face with any old kind of treat. This goes for every kid or six-foot athlete. All you really are is what you eat. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if you remember that, but I sure do. That I had no idea it was the same guy. I would never have guessed it was the same voice as H.R. Puffin stuff. I mean, this guy made a fortune, I guess, in voiceover. I guess he was the John Benjamin of his day. But the reason I bring it up today is because I guess I just went on some, again, a deep dive, which, you know, it's just what I like to do when I'm talking about thinking about the podcast. And I found out that... Paul Simon is listed as a writer on, on, on for some reason, on this song. H.R. Puffin' Step, push your bend when things get rough. 
goes on for hours uh we've played it before i can't i can't even listen to the opening of that anymore but so paul simon's listed as a writer of that song and that's in 1969 now why paul simon i mean he was already huge but do you know the reason why i mean it, this was I, I thought it was fascinating and i just can't even believe it it's stuff we've been talking about for a while but apparently that song closely well, i can't hear it resembles this song Slow down, you move too fast You got to make the morning last Just kicking down the cobblestones Looking for fun and feeling groovy Feeling groovy. Hello, lamppost. What you know when? I come to watch your flowers growing. Ain't you got no rhymes for me? Do it and do do. Feeling groovy. Da 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 da. Feeling groovy. I got no deeds to do, no promises to keep. I'm dappled and drowsy and ready to sleep at the morning time. Drop all its petals on me. Life, I love you. All is great. I just kept it going for a while because it is a great song, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't hear the difference. Do you? I mean, I just do not hear it. So you know, uh, so I, you know, but I played. And you know what I played was instead of playing the actual opening, I played the version by the murmurs these two girls that were on the saturday morning cartoon soundtrack when they redid a lot of the saturday morning cartoon stuff we grew up with um, openings then i could kind of hear it I couldn't hear it in the regular it really is difficult and apparently paul simon sued sid and marty croft and won where they had to put his name as one of the co-creators of the song i mean is that insane what kind of person would even sue like a children's show? I mean, it's so slight. So in that one, I could kind of hear it a little. There I can hear it. I couldn't hear it in the original one, and I don't know how Paul... Well, I guess Paul Simon is a musical genius, so we weren't looking for it. And I guess in his mind, when you're able to write a song like that, you're like, hey... So I guess that makes sense. And that only from the, you know, the other version where they kind of got into the instruments more than the song itself or having an opening every day that that I was able to pick up on a little bit of it, I guess. I never, when they told me, I was like, well, I, I'm still not getting it. As, as I played for you, you probably didn't hear it either until uh, maybe I sang it along. It's very interesting, I thought. I mean, I just... You know, love that kind of shit. Had no idea. I can't believe there was, you know, new information. And I guess, you know, I guess the thing is, since I've been feeling a little blue, I keep looking up these, uh, 
you know, Saturday morning, there were these childlike things that used to make me happy when I was miserable back then. You know, the, the, the couple things I had going on, which, you know, I enjoyed H.R. Puffin stuff and Saturday morning cartoons, even though they were horribly dull and boring, but that's all there was. And I guess when I get depressed, uh, you know, it goes back. So, <clears throat> you know, I'm just thinking about that and how, you know, I just always have always wanted to be in a show. Why do you think I like doing those puppet things all the time? I mean, that's, I, I just want to be in H.R. Puffin stuff. That's all I've ever wanted. And it's just funny that I can't seem to let it go. Meanwhile, when I was in, uh, again, watching another, they had back-to-back -back, uh, Dick Van Dyke's episodes. I saw this guy, and I'm like, God, this guy looks so familiar. He was an Italian painter, and he was really annoying. But it turned out it was Nazarene, the baker from The Godfather. Man, I love that kind of shit. This guy's in, like, this comedy in the 60s, and then all of a sudden he's in this, the greatest movie ever made. Oh, I made a cake for you. And my daughter, you want your daughter to stay in this country. Like, Godfather, you understand everything. Then remember, his son comes over. If you're trouble, I want to help for you, for your father, for your father. That's the guy who wants to stay in the country? I am Enzo, the baker. Uh, Enzo, there's going to be trouble. You better get out. If there is trouble, I want to help for you, for your father, for your father. All right, I heard you. What do you got, Tourette? Shut up. All right, give me these flowers. I'm going to throw them on the other side, jerk off. I can't believe you bought these flowers. And he just throws them in the trash. What a jerk. Uh, whatever you say. But that's such a great scene because, you know, not everybody's in, but they... It's so... Oh, God, that movie is something else, isn't it? And you, they open with a guy that's totally scared, but he goes to Don Corleone for, for justice. And then you see, you know, a guy that has done it the correct way. He's just a baker, but he's done everything. He's invited him like, be my friend, have coffee. That's I'm talking about Nazarene, the baker. You will understand everything. Where do you see the cake? I met. Oh, it's beautiful. And he's friends with the Godfather, and he gets all this stuff, and he can go to Godfather and get all, and get his son. And you want your son to marry your daughter and stay in this country? You understand everything. That's the right way. And then he, even this guy, Enzo, he wants to stay in the country. Even, uh, look, he's doing that for his father-in-law. I mean, that's impressive shit. That's a family that gets it. So that's a fascinating, fascinating, God, that's good movie making. You know, but we know that already. But I couldn't believe that. Anybody who's in The Godfather, you see somewhere else, you know, the minor characters, it's always just fascinating. Like, you know, because that was like, what, 63, 64 and then, you know, this guy has no idea that only, you know, eight years later, he's going to be in the greatest movie ever made. <laughs> Boy, is that exciting. Not just that, he's also in Godfather 3. They bring him back out in Godfather 3. I remember my friend Lawrence and I laughing. We're like, hey, it's Nazarene. I think that's how you pronounce it. Hey, hey, this guy. Anyway, we're having too good a time. So um, let me go back to uh, sadness again. On Thursday, I went to Trish's parents' house. You remember, Trish is the girl I asked to marry me, and then she died a month later. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, her parents treat me very much like the son-in-law, and we've talked about this multiple times. Well, I finally went over to see them because uh, Joe invited me over for the 4th of July, and I said, well, you know, if I stop at the fireworks place, I can go see... You know, Trisha's parents, they're on the way, so I'll do both. Man, I love going to that fireworks store. That was a great time. And I was just on the phone with Joe. All right, what do you need me to get? And I was just putting these huge boxes of stuff, just so big, so exciting. I mean, again, as a kid, I mean, oh, God, I was obsessed with fireworks. I just always wanted the good kinds, you know. So I just got a, a filled up and I went to their house and I saw them and they were very happy to see me. And we hung out in their backyard. They got a beautiful backyard. We had a little wine. And then they ordered some Chinese food. We went back in to eat. And that is where the, the real stuff happened. You know, that's where we got into it. You know, where they were telling us how sad they were and how awful it is. And, you know, talking about Trish. It's... It's tough, you know, it's like those things, you know, I'm, I'm the kind of guy that comes over. We don't really talk about it, but then we, but then we do get into it, you know, 
And it's it's funny because, you know, I want to talk about it and I'm there for them. And of course, I knew their daughter very, very well. And we talked about everything. And, you know, they were telling all the stories and this is what happened. And it's horrible. And I don't know what to do. And, you know, they just they, they were opening up. And I didn't, you know, I don't mind. I'm not just like, oh, I can't believe they put that on me. No, no, it's not like that. I, I was okay. It's just that, um, you, you know, you, when you're in a deep conversation like that, you're never sure when to take a bite of food. You know what I mean? So I was like, there was this delicious fried rice and an egg roll. And I'm like, um, should, I, should I take a bite now? Or would that be disrespectful? I mean, I want to pay attention, but this food is delicious. And I don't want it to get cold. When's a good time to take a bite? You could, if there was an inside of my brain happening, you would be like, all right, now seems like a good time to take a fork full of fried rice. Yeah, this should work. It's just awful. And then you know what the worst part is? Is that because I didn't get to eat like in the piggy fashion that I like to, I had to order it yesterday. <laughs> I had to order the same stuff, and I'm like, all right, let me just eat in peace now and eat the way I want, which is just disgusting because I was eating daintily. <laughs> I am such a weirdo. Oh, God. So gross. But it was... Uh, but it was a pleasurable night. I felt bad leaving. They wanted me to stay. And I'm like, no, no, no don't make me stay because then I won't come back. You know, if I know I got to stay over, I'm not going to come back. So knowing I can see you guys for a couple hours and then leave, that works for me. <clears throat> so, you know, but I, when I left, I felt bad. They were just, you know, I, I left. I go out the door and I just see them just sitting in silence. I, mean, I feel horrible. Of course, you feel horrible. Jesus Christ. It's a devastating thing. But I'm glad I could be them for that. They're so nice. You know, the dad wants me to go into the jewelry business with him. I mean, really, it's really fucked up. It's like being married and my wife died, but I never, it, it's, it's as if, it's as if, um, you, like, like, uh, um, like some sort of like time traveler or something like back to the future, but the, but everybody seems to know your life, but I just woke up from a coma or something. I, I don't know. It's hard to explain. I mean, it's weird, right? I mean, I, I, I like it. I love them and everything. It's just like, I kind of wish I had had the benefits of being married and, you know, had a year or two with, you know, having a, a wife and, and, a, and a wonderful wife. I mean, just a bundle of joy and energy and greatness and nobody disliked her and so much fun. I know we've already talked about this to death. <laughs> That's a horrible way to put it. But um, yeah, it's just kind of funny because now it just really, I know I felt it before, but this really feels like I'm, you know, but they said that like I always treat, I always thought of you as a son. I mean, it's just. And then they brought me into her room, you know, like they were like, they haven't opened it since she's, you know, she was still living there. So she's like, do you want to see it? I'm like, yeah, I think that's the last time we uh, spent the last time I saw her. I was, I stayed over, stayed in her room with her. And uh, yeah, that's, that's the tough part. You know, it's hard to change. It's hard to, it's hard to go in the room. It's like in Poltergeist, you know? With those kids disappearing, everything's and the records going around and all those things are flying around. Like, oh, we don't go in there anymore. <laughs> I mean, it's, you almost wish it would be haunted because you're like, well, at least there's a good reason. But yeah, I, I don't, you know, you can, you, that's normal. I was like, no, don't feel bad about not wanting to deal with this. You know, give yourself time. It could be years before you, you know, have to deal with this. You, you got to have time. I don't know how you recover from stuff, stuff like that. That's very difficult, but they're nice people and they don't deserve that kind of stuff. Well, I just like them, you know, so and talking to people like one-on-one -on -one like that, you know, I guess I'm just not into the crowd stuff anymore. Maybe. I don't know. I can't figure me out. We'll figure it out together. You and I, we will figure, don't worry. We will figure Chuck out and together I'm doing night shift. I'm doing the woman in night shift. Mr. And Mrs. Kugel. I think that was their name. Mr. And Mrs. Kugel, I figured Chuck's father. I got Chuck's father in the line. We will figure out Chuck. Does anybody know the references I'm doing, or have I just lost the audience? No, let's figure everybody's around my age. I mean, nobody's listening to this show that's 25, so it really doesn't matter. I'm pretty sure between this and Billy Joel, I've covered anybody from 40 to 70, and nobody younger. 
And if I do a Larry Sanders podcast, it's just me the exact same thing. <laughs> what the fuck? Well, where am I going to do a podcast for 20-year-old kids, you know? Nowhere. Nowhere. You know, what are you going to do with a podcast for just children? Nowhere, really. You're not going to be able to um, do that then. It's, a, it's, it's sexy, really. It's not on stereo. I don't know what I'm doing now. I'm doing Spinal Tap. I'm all over the place today because I don't... I really don't know what I'm doing. I'm pretty sure that's all I had to say today. I, I oh, oh, wait. There was one more thing with the HR Puffin stuff. I wrote it down. Oh, right. So I read that. What, it, Sid and Marty Croft. I don't know which one. But they were getting Jack Wilde, you know, our favorite, our favorite actor of all time. Now, Puff, now, now, damn it. I'm not getting it right. Let's see if we can get some of his voice down. Okay, Kling and Clang, I'll carry your feet. You run on ahead to the cave and keep the door open. Okay, Kling and Clang, I hold your feet and you run to the cave. <laughs> Shit. I can't. In fact, you want to see the funniest thing? I saw the funniest thing. This is, this is the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> not ever, but it's still really good. Ladies and gentlemen, Jack Wilde. Well, you've got a few fans out there, Jack. I see. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Listen, congratulations on your nomination for an Oscar. You must be knocked out about that. I was, actually. I didn't think um, children got an Oscars, you know. I never have heard of any children getting too many Oscars, but I hope you get it. You haven't got it yet. Good luck. Thank you. When did you first get the very fat script of Oliver put in your hand? You well, remember? it wasn't until about a week before we started rehearsing. Mm -hmm. Did you think you'd get through it all right? I didn't then at the time, but I did, you know. Did you make any goofs, Jack? Honestly? I did, actually, and they used it, which was... They better. used it? They used it because... Um, in, you know, they have problems speaking Cockney with America, you know. Yeah. Well, I said mate. Yeah. On one of the sequences. And they don't know what mate is, you see. Fools. Um, so, you know, they used it anyway. He's much more subdued there, of course. He's just, uh, I don't know how old he is, 12. But I like when he's talking about his new project. Jack, what are you going to do now? What's your next project? Um, I'm, as you know, I'm just doing this series. Oh, yeah, tell us about that. What's it called? HR? It's called HR Puff and Stuff, and it's something like The Wizard of Oz, you know, mm -hmm. back in the 30s. And uh, it is, um, it starts about me. Yeah. Sort of in, in the back garden, like, you know. Well, I'm not going to tell you. Oh, all right, don't. Much about it, like, yeah. <laughs> When's your birthday, Jack? What birth sign are you? Libra. Ah, oh, Libra. You're a very balanced person, then. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Which he's so not, because then he just got into drugs and was a mess. But, uh, you know, I love that stuff. But what's your new project? It's a little thing called HR Puffin Stuff. I'm not going to tell you about it right now, because uh, he's like the Millie Bobby Brown of his generation. He can't talk about anything. It's very secret. But I like, you know, it's like when we uh, play that, <clears throat> that clip of John Travolta on uh, American Bandstand. He's like, what do you got coming out? Well, I, I got this, this Stephen King book, right? It's called Carrie. That's, I'm doing that, right? Finish that. And then I got this other movie. I, I mean, stupid. It's like a um, guy who's like the king of the discos. It's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. Wait, let me try and find that clip because, you know, let's just go for it all. Because <laughs> it's fucking classic. All right, ladies, all right. down now. <laughs> Silly fools. How are you? I wanted to thank everybody for giving me that response because this is the first time. Don't get, don't get carried away by that, John. 90% of this audience is insane. I mean, we, we caged them in here. No, they're really nice people. Yeah, but it's nice to sing when there's a lot of affinity going on in the air, you know? Affinity? Is it still here? <laughs> Gal over here, as I introduced you, said, I didn't know he sang. Now, a lot of people don't know that. What is your background for that sort of thing? Well, I'm from New Jersey, which is back right. east. A lot of singers from New Jersey, yeah. And, uh... In order to survive in New York City as an actor, you had to learn how to sing and how to dance. Were you in Greece? Yeah, I was in Greece. That was a 50s thing, though. That's right. Yeah. yeah I, had a fun, I had fun doing that. What other things did you have of a singing nature? Well, you know, summer stock theaters, which are, are summer theaters that do lots of musical comedies. I did a, a show on Broadway called Over Here, which is a 40s kind of thing. But in order to do that, you have to sing. So I took voice lessons for like two or three years. You do commercials? Oh, I did a lot of them. 
I did a lot of medley of Come on, do medley of commercials. Barry Manilow came here one day and sang all of his commercials, which gets a standing ovation. <laughs> What's your biggest desire in life? What do you hope eventually to accomplish? Well, I'm working on a movie now called Carrie. You, you mean know? you're writing it? No, no, no. I'm, I'm in it. I beg I'm your actually. pardon. I didn't know this. Yeah. Tell me about it. And uh, I'm very excited about it because it's the first time in a movie I've been able to, to act, and it's a serious, dramatic role, and I've done a lot of comedy. Yeah. And I think I'd like to get into that area a little bit. This is more of a serious nature than uh, funny stuff. What is it called again? It's called Carrie. It's a, it's a novel now. It's being made into a book. How do you spell Carrie? C-A-R-R-I-E. Lady's name. That's right. We have a couple of questions from my f foolish friends over here. I don't know what we'll get into. Is it a straight question or a dumb one? What the, the, it's a lady in the, in the stripe. Straight question? Yes. Um, has your life changed since Welcome Back, Cotter? Has your life changed since the television series, uh, The Cotter Thing? Oh, gee, uh, yeah, a lot. How so? The other night I went to a discotheque. Now, I forgot that I'm, I'm on the series, right? I went to, and I was with this girl, and we went to the front, and they weren't going to let me in. And the bouncer there said, uh, but you got jeans on, you can't go in there. And I said, well, well, I'd really like to go in there. He said, oh, my God. He said, you're Vinnie Barbarino, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, yeah. Does that bug you if people call you by another name? Uh, I mean, a, a fictitious well, name? A lot of times they've been calling me by John, too, which is neat. I, I mean, that's nice. They haven't been calling me just by Vinnie Barbarino. But I was going to say what I was getting to is that I started dancing, and I forgot that all the crowds of people were watching me dance and stuff. And I went up to the bar area, and I got pinched more than... Are you a good dancer? <laughs> I got pinched, and I felt like a girl. <laughs> <clears throat> well, I don't want to ask you where you were. <laughs> That Dick Clark is so fucking annoying, he doesn't let him finish. It's like me interviewing somebody. But I know there's one where he's talking about where he's... Oh, maybe this is it. I bring chairs such as they are. How are you, sir? I'm all right. How are you? I'm surviving, I guess. That's about all you can do. Why, if you're only on half an hour a week... Why don't you have any time? I mean, you just run in there and do 30 minutes and go home. Well, when I'm on that schedule, it's, it's normally okay. It's just that I've been doing some uh, movies and some uh, records and stuff. And I was teasing you because I figure a half-hour show once a week is really an all-consuming thing anyway, isn't it? Yeah, well, actually, with tape is easier than film, where we rehearse, you know, a regular day, 10 to 6. But then on tape day, you know, like you guys do, mm. it's... Um, you know, it just runs fast. Right. You know, the thing that I, I heard about a movie called Carrie, and you don't play the usual John Travolta. You're, uh, are you kinky or weird or what? Well, I'm always kinky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what this part is, it's, it's a hood, definitely, but it's more, it takes place in the Midwest, so he's definitely got an accent. and uh, He's a little... Is it a challenge, more of a challenge to you than uh, some of the other things you've done? Well, it's dramatic, so it's, it's a little more... Um, a little more of a challenge right now. That's a motion picture called Carrie, and when's it come out? Uh, I think this fall. All right, now there's another project, and I, you got so many things going on, I can't keep them straight. Is there bubble in the title? <laughs> there's there's a, a movie of the week called Boy in the Plastic Bubble, which is um, totally opposite of any Barbarino. It's more, you know, uh, young and innocent, that kind of a thing. Is that going to be here on ABC? Yeah. <laughs> no. Is there any unfulfilled desire in your life? You've done so many things. You've done Broadway, you've done pictures and television and uh, stage work. No, it, it's, it's really working out all right. I mean, I, I've, I've been getting in there all the time. You know, this, this song that you introduced here, is this part of an album? Is it in the works? Yeah, that's the, the start of it. Got a That'll title the for the album? Single. Probably John Travolta 2. Chicago 2, 3, 4. If you had... You... He's telling one of these days, woman, if you had time off, what would you do with it? Well, I, I fly an airplane, so I, I'd fly that a little more. You mean the producers of the television show jump on, don't jump on your head? They let you fly a plane? Well, I haven't heard any real flack about it. You know, I, what kind of a plane is it? It's a little two-seater air coupe, single engine. One of you girls like to go up someday and fly around the, the L.A. basin? We got a few volunteers here. Jerry, I have completely dismissed from my mind what the record was. Could you tell me? And we'll just sit here and talk a little while and let the kids do their thing. Best, best, uh, best the best disco in town. The best disco in town? Hoochie Coo. Hoochie Coo. All the No wonder he's staring in the dark over there. None of it was ringing bells. Do you collect records? Oh, sure. You do? Yeah. You dance? Especially now that I'm with R uh, Midland and RCA, right? They give me all the records. So. You get them for nothing. Now you collect records. Do you dance? 
I'm going to get to dance in a film in January, and it's going to be hot. Are you scared? Uh, no, it's, it's about discotheques themselves, so I'll be like king of the discos. All right, let me turn my crazy friends loose, and we'll sit here. And... That's the one. I can't believe I found it. This fucking Dick Clark is so fucking stupid. I tell you, that's exactly the way I would interview something. Yeah, it's going to be one. I play the king of the discotheques. He goes, all right, all right, grow up. Listen, Barbarino, why don't you shut up? I mean, he's about to talk about the thing that's going to be the greatest thing that anyone's ever seen. And he's like, all right, now let's move on. Damn it. That's exactly the way I'd interview. That's why it's so shocking. It's shocking. Why did I even bring that up? Where are we? What do we do? Oh, it was the Jack Wild thing. That's what it was, right? So, sorry, we got distracted. I, I can't get enough of that kind of shit where Dick Clark is so fucking stupid. What's it called again? Carrie? I probably watch that movie almost every time I see it's on. And Saturday Night Fever, forget about it. And what is it? You're the, you're the what? The king of the discotheques? He goes, yeah, it's hot. It's really hot. I'm like, uh-huh. uh-huh. Well, that sounds pretty fucking stupid. Good luck with that. Uh, Barbarino, I, I, it's just it's too funny. It really is my entire life in a, in a nutshell, uh, being the interviewer person and just not getting it. So we were talking about Jack. So, so one of the Croft people, so the Jack Wilde was so popular. You know, you see he's on this talk show and he's nominated for an Oscar and they were, this is who we want on the show, on HR Profit Stuff. It's a big deal to get an Oscar-nominated star on a Saturday morning kids show. So apparently they... One of the Croft guys, and you can't, you know, I'd love to ask them more questions, but they took Jack, Jack Wilde into their home, and they say that was one of the worst things they ever did. Apparently, this guy was a little scamp, and he had young daughters, and something must have happened, because he's like, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have taken him to my home. I took him into my home. He seemed like a good guy. Something must have, and he had daughters, I guess, around the same. I don't know, but they, they don't say. What I just read about that, found that rather fascinating. And the second thing was, was that for the part of Witchy Poo, where they used this woman, Billy Hayes, who had never been seen before or since, they wanted Penny Marshall. Apparently she was in the running in 68, 69. I can't, how long has this woman been around? I mean, I know she was in The Odd Couple. Well, I guess that was 1970. Was it? Yeah. So I guess she was around. They wanted Penny Marshall. But she keeps coming up. Boy, that would have been something else. But talk about a career trajectory that probably wouldn't have happened if she was witchy poo. It would have been different. But uh, Penny Mart, I can't do. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I guess uh, we just forget about all those uh, kind of things. Like you know, just uh, the timeline doesn't seem like it fits. Penny Marshall is definitely like we know about her in the seventies. Didn't know she was around in the sixties, but I guess yeah, I guess it makes sense. She's probably in her twenties. I don't know how she old, old she was when she was on. The odd couple, but she must have just been in her 20s. Just seems like if you're looking for somebody for the, a witch, you would want them to be older. That's why it was so uh, shocking. But, you know, I love that kind of stuff. And that was pretty much all I uh, got to say. And um, I don't know why I decided to talk. Well, I just told you why I decided to talk about that nostalgic kind of stuff that I particularly like. And hopefully you do, too, is because. I don't know. That stuff, I guess, is my happy place still. That H.R. Puffin stuff and Sid and Marty Croft nonsense. Probably just H.R. Puffin stuff for some reason is the is the one. Although sometimes I think I was looking up a Star Trek. What, what do you call What can I think of it? The, uh, the Transporter. The, I saw it on a Big Bang Theory, and I'm like, God, I used to have one of those. I wonder if they were worth money now. I used to have this whole set of the Star Trek figures. I just can't picture myself as a kid playing with all these dolls, but I remember completely where I was in my room playing with the dolls and making up these scenarios. And I guess I used to be a kid at some point and everything just fell apart. <laughs> kind of. yeah, it grew up or something, or maybe I never have. Maybe that's the issue. Maybe I should stop stinking, thinking about this stuff, but I don't know. There's something about HR puffing stuff. It just makes me happy. That's why I got to get those photos back that Mitch Watson gave me on, on the set of HR puffins. I don't know why I am obsessed with it. They must just come in at the right time. I had all this stuff. I had the albums. I had a Kling and Clang doll. I had the set of the car, the Matchbox car. I was obsessed. Them and the Banana Split. I don't know why. I guess that's what that's what kids do. I assume there's people that are younger than me that are obsessed with He-Man. Or, or late, later stuff, 80s stuff. Well, that's what I liked. And, of course, Bugs Bunny. Well, that's a whole other story. For another day. 
that's our show for today. I hope everybody had a decent time. Strange podcast, up and down, up and down, but that's the way I am. That's the way I think everybody is at this point. You know what's happening. I mean, pretty much now, I just saw my neighbor who's, you know, 85 today wasn't wearing a mask in the building. That means it's over. Once the uh, the people that were, like, really afraid of it, they're not wearing one. Well, maybe it is actually over. Who knows? But uh, I'm feeling good about not wearing a mask anymore. It actually is good to, you know, see people in their faces and talk about old times. You know, reminisce about 2019 and how, how great that was. But don't forget, I have a show coming up July 1st. If you are in town at the Westside Comedy Club, it's going to be great. It's all my friends. It's Joe Mackey, Nick Griffin, Olga... Alga and Elon and me. Five Comics and Dave, even though it's only four. That's the laughs. That's the comedy. Tonight on the Comedy Seller Show, Greg Fitzsimmons, the amazing Greg Fitzsimmons, Rachel Feinstein, our good friend, all on the Tuesday night show. And of course, Billy Joel. Oh, the classics. Close to the borderline. What a stinker. And Code of Silence. Well, what are you going to do? You run a alphabetical show, you're going to get the stinkers. But after that, it'll be our Sarah Silverman interview, and that's not a stinker at all. But that is the show for this week. We'll see you next week. I guess the next week we'll uh, I, I'll probably be taping just before the 4th of July. I'm at 4th of July already, 2021. It's almost over. Anyway, I hope everybody has a great week, and we'll definitely see you next week on the Nightfly Podcast with me, Dave Juskow. We'll see you next week, everybody. Bye. Bye.